late night joke off later about the Oscars, the hot topic of the Oscars. I do want to talk about Afghanistan. I uh, have to work up to that emotionally. It just it bothers me so much. It actually, few things actually bother me that are in the news. This one actually bothers me. Yeah. More on that yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's funny. Even hearing that gets me all right, distracted, right. and I want to get get go off on that tangent. One of the funniest expressions of American patriotism I have ever heard coming up in a moment or two. Also, uh, Portland has stopped cleaning up bum and junky feces because it doesn't want to hurt their feelings. Hurt whose feelings? The the crap and bums. What? Yes. Now, now that's a band name. You're going to play a lot of frat houses. And... <laughs> crap and bums? The crap and bums. Uh, and um, listen, Portlandiers know this to be true. It is it is in uh, arm in arm with San Francisco and Seattle in a race to see who can commit suicide by pure wokeness first. Which city can see civilization crumble first? I'm actually having trouble following this. So they think the bums are getting their feelings hurt because you picked up their... It's more complicated dookie? than that. That was the clever way oh, to okay. tease the story. Okay, okay, okay. Well, yeah, they, they, the cleanup crews, they're not the city council of Portlandia. And, uh, and well, I want to save this for a bit, but the city council of Portlandia is worried that the human caca cleanup crews are not being sensitive enough to the bums and junkies okay. as they go about their rounds. Wow. So they're just going to leave the poo there. For a while, until they can figure out what to do about it. It's just the capacity for ideology to pervert logic, and or common sense if you prefer. It makes people do things that no sane human would ever think, oh, okay, that's fine, that's a perfectly reasonable plan. But ideology leads you so far down the garden path, you just turn into a lunatic. Anyway, uh, this the jobs numbers came out. Uh, yesterday was it or a couple of days ago? It doesn't matter. Um, and they were pretty strong. About 145,000 jobs picked up in December. But listen to this: of those 145,000 new jobs, 145,000, 139,000 of them were women. More than is that more than 90 percent? Uh, darn near. Yeah, it's more than 90 percent of jobs, new jobs in December were women. And the uh, the percentage of women who hold jobs total in the United States uh, went over 50% for the second time uh, in history. Women worked 50.04% of payroll jobs in December um, because of the patriarchy and discrimination and misogyny. Uh, it's a milestone because it's really heralding the future and telling us where we're going, says Betsy Stevenson, professor of public policy and econ at the University of Michigan. Now, if you mix in farm jobs, and there's one other sector that's not so-called uh, payroll jobs, men still hold a slim majority of the jobs in, in the country. But it's it's very, very slim, and it's the lowest pace. Oh, uh, manufacturing, oh, I'm sorry, no, manufacturing and construction are still struggling. So, listen, and we mentioned this briefly yesterday and at length last week, you have a huge majority of girls taking honors classes in high school. Huge majority, significant majority of girls enrolled in undergrad. Huge majority graduating from undergrad. Huge majority of of girls, women, in uh, master's programs, Ph.D. programs, 
huge majority of women in law school, in medical school, graduating from those schools with those degrees, et cetera, et cetera. The idea that somehow girls are getting a raw deal in America is is hilarious. Of course, there's sexism, there's misogyny, there's stupidity, and there always will be. Get used to it. But and 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 I will make this point until they kick me off the air. Little boys are in crisis in America, and young men. And the idiotic notion, the indefensible notion, that to be pro-woman you have to be anti-man, that took hold in, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, um, has really damaged America's little boys. And if you can't comprehend that little boys have challenges and need help and little girls have challenges and need help and both are true, well, you're so stupid, I need you to not talk anymore. Please. Please shut up. Please, wow. In fact, please move out of the country or hurl yourself. Go go to Yosemite. It's beautiful. And then step off the edge of the waterfall and do me a favor and plunge to your death. Wow. Okay? Because you're hurting America's little boys and young men. Okay? Hey, did, right. did you see that the Russians hacked Burisma? Oh, my gosh, yeah. The Russians yeah. have hacked Burisma. That's the oil company that Hunter Biden worked for, and the theory is that they're trying to get any details, paperwork, numbers, info, right. emails that they can get to damage Biden, I guess? Right. And it's not to elect Trump. It's to sow the seeds of, of suspicion and hate uh, among Americans toward each other. That's always Putin's goal. It's always been the Soviet Union's goal. But yeah, and here's what's particularly insidious about it. If they successfully hack Burisma... And they come up with dirt that makes Hunter Biden look bad, or maybe even old man Joe. Who knows? Maybe Hunter said at some board meeting, listen, uh, I have friends in high places, and we'll take care of those regulations. Because it's possible, right? So the Russians dig up something like that. What they do is they enhance that by like 25 to 50% of really juicy. So it's partly truth and partly fiction. And that's what they'll unleash. And so you got Democrats claiming that's not true when it's partially true. And you'll have Republicans claiming it's all true when half of it's a lie. And we'll all end up just hating each other. Do they have a good mechanism to get that out now that Julian Assange is in jail? They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Old man Putin and his boys are good at what they do. Because WikiLeaks was a good outlet. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they've developed alternate plans. Hey, I, I know we talked about this already, but I was just looking at the uh, the highlights from the 2017 Houston Astros season. Yeah. And them running on the field after the championship, the, the, the league championship, and then the World Series and cheering and stuff like that. Do you get every bit as much excitement out of it when you know you cheated, or do you just feel like that's part of the game? Uh, well, yes. Wouldn't the players yes, have been to the a, second one? Wouldn't the players have been aware that God, I, I'm like twice as good when I'm at home and I'm cheating as I am on the road. I'm not actually this good. Well, here's how you justify. The players it. know that, and, and I have this from an a baseball uh, insider. Everybody steals signs all the time, and they have people dedicated to watching the catcher to steal the signs. Um. But Houston used technology to do it, a special camera system and the rest of it that's expressly forbidden in Major League Baseball. But the rumor is everybody's trying to do it, and Houston got caught. So it's like doping on the Tour de France. Uh, 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 Lance Armstrong did not feel guilty because he was 
cheating and lying about it. Because every single guy who was his rival was doing the same thing. Right. At he, least that's what he would say. Right. And he's mostly right. He just crossed some sort of line, I guess. Right. Or, or you won, which uh, gets more scrutiny. Yeah, it could be Houston just got too good at it. And there are there might be 15 Major League Baseball teams that when the news uh, burbled out about Houston's camera system, that sent their electricians up into their scoreboard and the rafters of the stadium and said, tear it out, tear it out, tear it all out. So, we don't know. So the manager who got fired yesterday, the owner didn't get punished either, which is interesting. But What? He was fined $5 million, Jack. The manager who got fired yesterday says he didn't, he wasn't his idea. He didn't uh, talk about it. He was aware of it, but he didn't do anything about it, which is a lot like the steroid era. The managers were aware of it. You know, you notice your players are twice the size of last season, and you know how working out works. But you weren't going to question the last third of his career. Hey, 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 you look look like you're really bulking up. I'm suspicious you're not going to do that. Um, And the fans start to chant, Barry. (laughs) (laughs) But the players said if the manager had told us to stop, we would have stopped, so... I don't know. I don't know what you do with that information. Well, again, if everybody's cheating, nobody's cheating. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a TV fun show. It, Baseball's a TV show. It's true. I really loved that TV show that year. I was so into it. So much fun. Would you want it screwed up? Um, it doesn't take much of the fun out of it for me. I just I need I to enjoy know how, that time. <laughs> are, are all the teams doing this as much as they can? And Houston had a slight edge, or or did they have a huge edge? Because they knew whether it was a fastball or an off-speed pitch coming, which means everything to a hitter. Mm. Do not know. And not important. Not really. Not really important. Uh, we do have some important stuff to talk about. I do want to talk about Afghanistan. Let's do that. Can we do that next and just uh, put that to rest and satisfy my soul? Sure. Uh, yeah, let's say, hey, listen, you know. America is not talking about our troops in danger, which is not a good thing. It's not no, a good habit not. to get into as a and, country. And we lost two soldiers in Afghanistan yesterday for what? For what? Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Senator Bernie Sanders today denied reports that he privately told Elizabeth Warren in 2018 that a female candidate is incapable of defeating President Trump. And in Bernie's defense, even if he said that privately, we would have heard him. His whisper is everyone else's, I'd like to speak to the manager. <laughs> That's a pretty good joke. That is a pretty good That's joke. That's a pretty good joke about a stupid controversy that got oh. a tremendous amount of coverage on cable news yesterday. That's one of the reasons I wanted to play that. Because what didn't get that much coverage on cable news yesterday is two more soldiers dying in Afghanistan. First deaths of the year of 2020, of yet another year of being in Afghanistan. Now, you would think, in light of the Washington Post's Afghanistan papers, in which we learned that three administrations have misled at best, flat-out lied to us at worst, 
about the progress we're making in Afghanistan and how they have no idea why we're he- they're there, what mm-hmm. the goal is, multiple administration, multiple secretaries of defense, multiple military strategists, no idea what the plan is. You'd think that there'd be outrage in the media. Media hates war, and they certainly hate Trump. Right. Seems like a great story. But no, just nobody really cares that much. That, it's boring. That, Nobody's that, paying attention. That Staff Sergeant Ian P. McLaughlin, 29, father of four. Oh, my. And PFC McGill A. Villon, 21, from Illinois, starting out his life as a kid at 21. Right. Both died yesterday at the hands of the Taliban in an IED attack for freaking what? I'll tell you what for. And this is an awful thing to say in the United States of America. Uh, and you don't ever want to, you don't you don't want people to feel this who've got kids serving, but they died for nothing. They died for nothing, nothing, because people can't get their act together and decide what to do, and because the media doesn't give a crap. Right. The feud between Warren and Bernie, or Trump said this. What look what he tweeted yesterday is way more interesting than drilling down on why the hell we have citizens of this country dying for nothing. Trillions of dollars being wasted, too. Yeah. Money that could be, you know, spent at home or returned to the taxpayers. Yeah, it is Nobody it's cares. absolutely maddening. Nobody cares. It's just, it's a drip, drip, drip of lives and money. It's not enough to get people's attention. The vague assurances that we're negotiating, they were hoping for a negotiated settlement in the Taliban and Afghanistan and women's rights and blah, blah, blah. And nobody's paying attention. And, and... It's it's you know there are uh, there are a couple of metaphors in life, but uh, it's too serious I think to even engage in that. It's a bigger deal to end it than to continue to suffer from it, or it seems like it anyway to politicians, and they might be right. That's the stupid side of politics. If if Donald J. Trump were to declare from the Oval Office right now, that's it, we're not losing another life in Afghanistan, we're not spending another $100 other than, you know, standard foreign aid to kind of keep them on our side. Um, If you were to announce that right now, the Democratic Party would go berserk and they would bring up women's rights and Afghan uh, Afghan children and and the opioid trade is going to grow and a, a thousand... Horrible repercussions of that happen. So would a lot of Republicans. And so would Republicans. And if a Democratic president next time around does the very same thing, the rhetoric would be 100% reversed. Yeah, I heard a lot of politics is stupid and phony. I did hear a strategist last night on uh, Tucker, and I I think he's absolutely right. The only person that can get us out of this is Trump, and probably if he wins a second term. Right. uh, Then he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. That might be the best thing that would come out of Trump winning a second term. That, and he can stick with the China deal. Because he would have nothing else to lose at that point. He could just pull us out of Afghanistan. Okay, Rand Paul and whoever else and Democrats are like, beat me up where you want. We're out. We're done with this. Mm-hmm. And it would go down in history as a wise move, I guarantee you. I, I think so. I think so. But you see this in business a lot, too. Nobody gets fired for continuing to do the same losing thing. The status quo is so attractive to the risk-averse and politicians have to be risk averse because we're just—I don't know—the elect. I'm not impressed by us as an electorate. But anyway, the guy who or woman who says, "No, this drip, drip, drip of lives and money is ending now. It's not going anywhere. There's no point to it. I'm ending it, and I will take the slings and arrows of the negatives that come with ending it. 
but I can't abide with it continuing. They'll get the hell beaten out of them I don't for quite. rejecting the crappy status quo. I don't quite understand why there's not the... Because the, the media hates Trump so much. The media hates war. I don't understand why it's not a story that they like to latch on to. Listen, and they're liars, too, a lot of them. Say it was still winnable and worth it under Obama. But coincidentally, two weeks after Trump took office, it became unwinnable and not worth doing. And Trump's a crappy guy for keeping us there. Go ahead, start that narrative, MSNBC. I'll repeat it if that would be helpful you know, to, to end this this stupidity. You used to talk about how, well, the, the reason we're there is to keep an eye on Pakistan or whatever else the strategy is, and I always thought, I hope that's true. Yeah. Well, we now know from reading the Afghanistan papers, no, there was nothing, because behind the closed doors they're saying, what are we doing here? I right. don't know. Right. Same as you and me. Ask 10 Americans at random. Uh, if you want, uh, sort them out for who's the most informed. Ask them, you know, how much are you into the news and events, and pick the 10 best informed people you can. And then ask them, each one of them, what are we doing in Afghanistan? What's our purpose? If my son joined the military... Well, I'm sorry. Let me, let me finish. If, if you get two solid I-think-I-knows, I would be shocked. And if, if those two were wrong, you know, even, I'd be shocked. It's been going on for almost 20 years. It could be going on in eight years right. when uh, my uh, oldest is old enough to serve. If he went over there and died, I, I, I don't know how I'd wrap my head around that. Right. I don't know how any family does. He was ordered there by his country, and he said yes. The only thing you can say to yourself, I guess. Armstrong and Getty Show. So, Nancy's sending over the impeachment articles tomorrow, and then that'll get started, and I guess it's a minimum of a couple of weeks. They're still hanging out there, the idea that there might be some witnesses called. Uh, who's the Susan Collins, the um, senator from up there in Maine? She said she's talked to some people and she's gathered a handful of people who might be on board. You only need four All right. Republicans to go along with it. Well, in, in spite of what you hear from Nancy Pelosi, that has not been precluded by Mitch McConnell. He just wants to do it the, the Clinton way, where you have the case presented by the House managers, and then the senators get together and say, all right, do we need more witnesses to flesh this stuff out? The only reason I bring it up is... If there are new witnesses, if a Bolton, if a somebody testifies in the Senate, then all of a sudden it gets interesting again. You got some new information, and then possibly a different outcome. But without right. that, nothing new, nothing interesting, and you know the outcome. I've got an idea. How about if it's kind of a wobbler, and some people think one thing, and some people think another? I think, and this is crazy. This is crazy. We get together this fall, I don't know, October, why don't we say November? We all get together and we all vote on whether we think the guy ought to be president anymore. I mean, that would be expensive and tough to get together. Sounds like a lot of work. I know. Now, most of the time, the Internet is obnoxious and and, and a detraction from life and should be unplugged. On the other hand, sometimes it's hilarious. The news headline, man hot, this is pg 13. The show is often PG-13. We have many, many new listeners to the Armstrong I, and Getty show, and thank you for tuning in. I watch a lot of kids' shows, so I have a pretty good idea of how the rating system works. Yes, help me out. Jump we are here. definitely, I would say, PG-13. Okay. 
So the show is often PG-13. We do have cartoon violence. (laughs) Come on, Michael. What are we paying you for? What are we paying you for in there? And don't give me your, I'm keeping the show on the air excuse. I'm tired of it. There you go, cartoon violence. There's a certain amount of smoking and consumerism. So you have to watch out for that. (laughs) Where were we? Consumerism? Yeah, Yeah. that's a big thing they rate for kids' movies. And I'm like... Give me a break. So this what gets does that a, mean? Th- it shows people buying things and caring about stuff. Um, <laughs> and and uh, or, smoking. Or, or, or planted products. You know, he drank a Coca-Cola. And, right, and, so, right, right. and so you'll see a ranking for a kid's movie, and it'll be like a, a 60. A lot of parents don't like it. And then you break it down by, you got to break it down by the categories, because it might have got a 60 because it's heavy on consumerism. Right? I don't Johnny, care. Johnny really wants a Game Boy. Or didn't have any positive social messages, because Aww. it didn't take on climate changing in any different climate change in any way right or or wokeness somehow it also gets downgraded i want to know if there's like hardcore sex or 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 horrifying violence that's really my main thing and then something with the language depending and on what consumerism but consumerism yeah give nice. me a break i nice had a credit card yeah exactly nice job woke america you ruined something else my parents used to send me out of the room every time there was product placement. <laughs> you know, we're never going to get to the stories I was going to do. All this jocularity. Please, restrain yourselves. Uh, what was I Oh, Zavid, consumerism. Oh, yeah, so we're, we're PG-13 around here. It's grown-ups talking about the news. Now, a lot of folks listen with their teenagers, and that's great. Um, whatever you think is right as a parent. Uh, but uh, here's your headline. Man high on meth fights off 15 police officers while masturbating. Oh, wow. And then the first comment that's on not Facebook... Even to do, that's not easy to do with both hands free. The that, first that, comment on Facebook is, and Duran thinks they can take us? <laughs> <laughs> we can fight off 15 cops while we're working it. it started that's out, how tough we are. started out as disturbing, and then it just got impressive. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what, who's your dealer, dude? There are days I feel like I need... Can fight off fifteen men while masturbating. Strength, you know those big days. Yeah, I don't challenging want, days. I don't want to ruin the fun of this because it's obviously fun we're having, but that just shows you the power of that drug. Oh man, facing fifteen cops and maybe death, still got to get that you know that sexual urge taken care of. Well, That's he may have let go of it while he was fighting him, but. Um. Yeah, I've talked to enough coppers who say, yeah, people are crazed on meth. And I remember back when PCP was a big deal. They fight with the strength of ten men, and it's scary. I fight with the strength of a half a man, <laughs> half a, a normal man, a tired, half a tired man. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, two stories. We'll have to post this KTLA TV Los Angeles uh, with video of a crazed bum, probably a junkie who tried to snatch a six-year-old girl from her mom's lap, having approached the family a couple of times, and finally... This guy was probably more polite than I was when the crazed bum junkie approached me. But that's why you can't you can't take the risk. Right. You can't take the mm-hmm. risk. Some crazy-looking, wild-eyed person approaches you. You can't be polite, in my opinion. Right. Well, anyway... Um, and let it, them stand next to your kids. Mom, Dad, and Uncle Chris were there. And Uncle Chris, a veteran of the United States Army, when the uh, would-be snatching occurred. And, and they were, Jack, much more patient than you would have been. I think they were tourists. You're making a mistake. You can't be patient with these crazed drug people when they get next to your kids. Right. You don't know what they're, what they're capable of. 
Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember where these folks are from. It was from in a godforsaken Venice Beach, uh, the Los, uh, a section of Los Angeles. But uh, I was just there in the summer for vacation. Uncle Chris is a combat vet, and he grabbed the would-be child abductor behind by his hair and dragged him down to the floor fast, pinned down, UFC-style domination until the cops could get there. But, you know, what if mom had been alone with her six-year-old right, daughter? Exactly. Um, well, the, or what if the guy has a knife or a gun? Right. The the woke crowd would tell you, how dare you even judge that man, much less uh, demand that he be kept away from little children. But thank God it didn't turn into a tragedy. Uh, nice job, though, Uncle Chris. boy, Way to be there for your loved ones. And then this story, which I mentioned briefly, this is so Portland. And you know, it's funny. We once in a while will get somebody, a San Franciscan or a, a Portlander, say, listen, if you guys... Hate this city so much. Uh, why do you? Why are you on the air? Why do you live here? Why do you come here? That sort of it. Just it's the idiot's argument. <laughs> and the answer is you can usually tell from the tone of voice. Yeah, exactly, because uh, they always uh, frame their arguments like this. Listen, if we didn't, uh, if you hated a city, you might mock it, but you wouldn't care about it. We're indignant about the way these cities are being managed into the poop-strewn ground because they're great cities and great people live there. And if 40% of the people think a policy is insane, but the woke 60% of voters like it, those 40% have no voice, which is why we we howl and we yell and we we plead. But how... In beautiful Portland, I love Portland, even as I'm just horrified by Portland. City council members were supposed to vote last month on a new contract with the bio-waste company that does the cleanups of the poop-strewn bum and junkie camps. And anybody who works on the streets will tell you it's primarily a substance abuse problem. Okay? The people who know say that. And uh, the agreement was updated to require that workers be, quote, more compassionate and effective when they go into the bum camps overrun with drugs, trash, and crime, according to the Oregonian. Cleanup workers, quote, must be polite, diplomatic, and professional at all times and treat all persons with dignity and respect. Discrimination and harassment shall not be tolerated in any form, says the new language, which was pushed by the insane mayor's office. The workers who are head-to-toe in biohazard gear, like they're wading into an Ebola hospital, must also be trained to administer opioid overdose drugs and CPR. So you get a job cleaning up human ship, SHI, and you've got to be clothed head-to-toe in hazmat gear and also trained in CPR and giving overdose drugs. For some reason, I'm here to clean up the caca. Does the CPR include me blowing in their mouth? Um, I, I don't think you can require people to do mouth-to-mouth. I think there's also the modern... The chest compressions, yes. They have modern, like, things that you put on people's mouths and force air in oh, that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Non-mouth-to-mouth tools. However, Jack, now that was what was proposed, what I just told you. However, some commissioners and homeless advocates raised concerns that the new contract was still not sensitive enough to the needs of the bums and junkies, which was enough to scuttle the mid-December vote. They raised concerns that the company to be contracted, Rapid Response BioClean, lacks the expertise to perform outreach and medical work on behalf of the homeless population. They're there to clean up the garbage and the crap. 
to limit the spread of disease and the, the, the burgeoning rat population. This, this is such a beautiful example of the unicorn-riding utopian's desire to, to make everything perfect, and then perfect becomes the enemy of good enough, and nothing happens. Commissioner jo, Joanne Hardesty told the Oregonian she was concerned about how workers would transfer people from one camp to another, as is protocol when a site becomes uninhabitable by humans. The residents of the camp could lose their belongings or experience other forms of trauma during the process, she warned. <sighs> Meanwhile, Kaya Sand, the executive director of Street Roots, an activist group, asked for approval that the new contract be delayed for six months so she and other homeless advocates could devise an entirely new system for responding to complaints about bum and junkie camps, the human poo, the garbage, and the rats. Man, the whole homeless thing, so uh, it's been growing and growing and growing, particularly on the West Coast, but a lot of places in the country. It's finally reached a point where people have said enough, cities have said enough, but what it's going to become now and is already becoming, it's just going to be a money hole. Right. It's just oh going to be God. such a money hole. They are going to pour millions, tens of millions of dollars into this. With little to no good yeah. being done. And listen, I know some of you unicorn riders, you truly dewy-eyed utopians who believe that the whole world can become like your college social class if you just lecture people long enough and you think I'm a monster and Jack's a monster. Chicago, Illinois, for all of its problems, they have a a system now. It's a public charity partnership where if you're a working person, you're paying your rent, etc., and you have a one-time crisis, you have a one-time problem where you're not going to be able to make your rent maybe one, two months, and you're going to get tossed out of your place, and you're going to end up homeless. They have a program where you can get a one-time temporary bit of assistance, and there are provisions for if you can pay it back and that sort of thing. It's been wonderfully effective in keeping families in their homes. Hardworking, honest families who just have a, a run of bad luck or whatever. It works. It's great. This is not about that hardworking family that has a medical crisis or dad loses his job. This is about bums and junkies. Yeah. What we have primarily in the West, especially and in town near you, if you let this crap get going is a substance abuse problem. Got something fun coming up for you. It's kind of interesting. Uh, trustworthy survey, new survey of what we trust and what we don't, plus this new stand-up comedian. What's his name, Sean? Ronnie Chang. Commenting on one of the trusted or not institutions. Love it. New comedian from Netflix. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we're going to do this trust survey of what we trust and what we don't, and Amazon's on the list, and um, reminded me of this stand-up comic I saw on Netflix. I wanted to mention this before we play it. He's Chinese, so he moved here from China, so he's looking at the United States through the eyes of people from uh, other parts of the world, and that's, that's the way it goes. In America, never leave your house. Land of the free and land of never leaving a house. No item too trivial. No quantity too small. To be hand-delivered into your home like an emperor. Anything. Anything in the world that comes to mind. Any fleeting thought you have while drunk. Anything. More. More prime. 
Can't get enough prime here. Need it prime. We need prime harder, faster, stronger. Faster prime. Prime now. Prime now. Two hour delivery. Prime now. Give it to me now. <laughs> When I press buy, put the item in my hand. Now. He has some good commentary in America, and none of it's in a way that would uh, make you mad. It's all stuff that you worry about yourself. Sure. Or hate yourself. It right. is a great stand-up special. Yeah, it, it is really good. I need this now. I need one big pen in my hand now. Right. Bring it to me right now. <laughs> like an emperor. Yeah, that really caught me. Right. Just hand-delivered to your house like you're an emperor. I right. need artificial intelligence that predicts what I want, so you order it before I think I want it, and I have it before I need it. Bring me a box of crackers. A <laughs> A box of crackers. <laughs> the thing is, so many napkins in America. <laughs> so many napkins. What's his name again? Ronnie Chang. Ronnie Chang. He's, he's funny though. We and salute you, oh, Ronnie. And his thing about the internet, how we're going to discover in the future, or we discovered already, the internet is bad. In the future, we'll look at the internet like smoking. Oh, you use the internet around a child? Oh, that's terrible. Oh man. Oh, you can't do that. Oh man. I thought that was really good stuff. Ooh, devastating. Anyway, so he's talking about Amazon and how uh, do we we do we trust Amazon? So I'm looking this trust list that it's out right now the most tr the most trusted brands in america are the u.s postal service interesting interesting brand yeah. um amazon google paypal the weather channel what I, they I, do good weather forecasting. I, I trust them. They, I got their app. They said it's humid i suppose it is that's <laughs> sticky as hell are you kidding it's like a jungle in here we trust chick-fil-a yes. hershey Hershey's never done me wrong. No. You don't trust Hershey. I want to talk to you. What are your trust issues with Hershey? <laughs> I'm not sure that's chocolate. Um, UPS, Cheerios, and M&M's. Some of those are odd. You trust M&M's, but not Skittles. Oh, lion bastard Skittles. Well, How do you know what a rainbow tastes like? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You know, I don't trust Google an inch. I don't either, but here's uh, break it down a different way. The share of Americans who say they trust each of the following a lot to do the right thing. Oh, okay. You trust them to do the right thing. Really think highly of them. Like, I trust Hershey to do the right thing, but I don't not trust... What's a competing Nestle. brand? Nestle. Right. Nestle. Eh, they'll, they'll do the wrong thing they if they get put, the chance. They put rat hair in there intentionally. Uh, but the numbers are low to start with. a joke, with. Nestle. I know you have attorneys. We're, we're cynical, obviously, because the numbers are, are low to start right off the bat. The highest one on here is at 50%. So only half of us trust to do the right thing our primary doctor. And that's at the top of the list. I trust my primary doctor to do the right thing. Yeah, I got a really good doc. I've, I've had terrible ones. I don't. I don't even really think much about it. I'll have a new one in six months at corporate medicine where I go. Trust to do the right thing. Forty-four percent for the military. Well, certainly once you get below the very top, I have great trust. At the top, why not so much? Given the Afghan papers. I don't even know what that the right thing means at this point. Well, they think they're doing the right thing mostly. That doesn't make it right. Amazon, 39%. So it ranks really high on the list, but it's still fairly low. 60% of us do not trust Amazon to do the right thing. I'm in that crowd. Um, I don't think they're evil like Google, which is at 38%. <laughs> um, you know, I ordered something from Amazon the other day, and I'm in the sad zone. If you get something that's really good, you're in a happy zone. You get something that's really bad... You think, this is a piece of crap, and you return it and get something better, you're in the happy zone. 
slightly less happy, but happy. If you get something that's crappy, but just good enough to keep, you're in the unhappy zone. Not worth returning. Right. The Too much trouble. It'll do. I don't know. But it'll be all right. Yeah. They got me. They Te- got me. Teachers at 35%. So Teachers, yes. Teachers unions, no. 65% of us did not say... That we trust teachers to do the right thing, which is interesting. How about school administrators who are so bound by fear of lawsuits and the rest of it that they tell the teachers they can't do the right thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with that to a certain extent right now. Oh, te- I know. Teachers, it, yes, I believe will do the right thing. That middle level of management, no, I think they'll do whatever the lawyers told them to do, and I'd probably do the same thing if I had their job. To because keep their gig. That's what your job is. Right. Yeah. Um, it ain't about the kids, though, I promise you that. How much time do we have, Michael? Because this is I get a really good one. I, should I hang on to it? I'm going to hang on to it. We'll, we'll do more of this coming up next no, time. No, I want it now, now, now. now, like, now, now I need it now. now. I want it now. <laughs> now. So many napkins in America. <laughs> that is You're so funny. Anything at fast food restaurant, they give you 50 napkins. You throw away the napkins, you end up with more napkins in your bag. I don't know how it happens. It just does. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. We are a heavily banapkin society. Oh, my God. And I usually put them in my uh, glove compartment because I hate to throw them away. But eventually my glove compartment's so stuffed full of napkins, right. I don't know what to right. do with them. You know, I remember my mom telling me, Joey, don't wipe your mouth with your sleeve. Maybe mom was wrong. Hmm? Debate tonight and more of the trust list on the way. So stay tuned.